Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times raved, This movie absolutely blindsided me. The Chicago Tribune's Dave Kerr called it, A light, slight premise that seems more suited to a Saturday Night Live sketch than a full-length movie. While Washington Post critic Rita Kempley called it deeply vapid, with the emotional consistency of styling moose. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Back to the Beach. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, starfighters. Greetings, beachgoers, surfers. Yeah. Greetings, dudes. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna talk about Back ten, to the ten. Beach, a, a movie that, Dan, you and I, I mean, have such a, a wonderful connection to. Uh, it's been in our hearts and on our minds for... Uh, since 1987. In our photo albums. And our photo albums, which we're going to post to Instagram. And uh, Dan, who do we have with us on this episode? So we'd like to welcome to Ruined Childhoods, Mr. Ray Dijon, uh, coming to us from Austin, Texas. Ray, how are you, my friend? Gentlemen, good evening. Uh, I I need to start this by taking a little umbrage as to my appearance on this particular episode. I was waiting for an invitation for maybe Real Genius or oh. One of the Karate Kids or One Crazy Summer, about which I could speak pretty much ad nauseum, even in uh, just kind of preparation for the show, listening to the last couple episodes with your role reversal podcast. Oh, that uh, I could have easily dropped in with a musical verse of by the light of the silvery moon your sister june dropped her pants in my room okay alas here i am and i do wonder why i'm at this particular uh uh podcast but happy to be here i'm gonna leave that to dan well, I mean, I, I, so all of the movies that you listed, so like, you know, we have a list. We, we, we've got this long list of possible movies to cover and we have names of people who we know who are like, okay, like we, we got to have the, and all, all the movies that you mentioned, like you're, you're on there for, we haven't done any of well, them. Well, I yet. hope so. So yeah. back to the, but back to the beach. This was, is your, uh, this is your audition to be on one that you actually care about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to be on the Real Genius show? Well, like, show us what you got. I better bring uh, it today. Absolutely. And my musical rendition of By the Light hasn't gotten me in there yet, so I got to kind of bring my A game, I guess. No, we still oh, have a whole, like, oh. hour plus to go to, of this audition. <laughs> yeah. No, we've got, oh, we've got ways to go. But so I remembered, for, John asked me too. John was like, so I, like, you know, what are Ray's qualifications? And, and I mean, no, not, no offense not by asking you. that question. <laughs> but just like, why? You know, like for, to have Cesar Gracia on for Scarface, the guy did one-man shows as Al Pacino. Yes, doing, and like, uh, yeah. saw them as well, yeah. So, like, no question there. But anyway, I first I was like, Ray is the only person outside of our immediate family that I know that, like, not just, like, has seen the movie, 
not just likes the movie, but has some type of affection for it. Because I remember we've quoted it. it. It really goes back to, yeah, as you've as you've noted many times on your show, it was about having HBO on as a yeah. kid. Oh, yeah. And this movie played on repeat. Meanwhile, you know, when you asked me to do this, I'm like, cool, I have to rewatch this. Thank you, John, for that. Well, then <laughs> I go down a fucking rabbit hole of Frankie and Annette. And I'm watching oh, yeah. all of it, you know, and I know we're going to get into all the stuff too. about what happened, to them, but then just all of the entertainment tonight stuff with her MS and I'm weeping and yeah. it's just, it, it becomes oh. this huge kind of spiral, you know? Right. Um, well, yeah. so I, I also want to note something else. So uh, Dan and I both saw you uh, in, in person on our trip to Austin in February of 2020, right oh, before the, the world days. got put on, on hold. the cusp. Right it, on the cusp. And we had an excellent time together hanging with you. Back and, when COVID uh, was just all, a whisper. Yes. And also that happened to be when we were, when Dan and I were recording our episode with our brother Scott about the Pee Wee Herman verse. So this movie is like... A, another tie-in it to is. that kind it of really situation. Is. Yeah. So I mean, you want to yeah. talk about gratuitous drop-in nothing cameos. Right. Uh, but also I want to say that, that that cameo was what probably got us in that theater to begin with. Because we were not Frankie and Annette fans. Right. We were Pee Wee Herman fans. Naturally. No, Naturally. I had never seen Beach Blanket Bingo or anything. That's the name you of the game, Dan. That's the name that, of the game. Um, I mean, prior to last week, the only or prior to this past week, the only time that I had seen any of that movie was the clips that they show in Good Morning Vietnam. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I was yes. like, that's what I knew. Yeah. I also also my only other Frankie and Annette uh, experience was in the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special where he basically has them as like like workers making Christmas cards <laughs> and he's like a, a taskmaster to them and it's amazing. Welcome back to my cool Christmas special. I'm with my special guests, Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. <laughs> what are you guys doing? We're making Christmas cards with Terry and Globy. I'm using the stencil process. The stencil I'm using looks like a Christmas tree. I lay it on the card, dip my toothbrush in green paint, and brush it on this piece of screen. Look, isn't this pretty? Yeah. I hope you remember to wash that toothbrush before you brush your teeth, though. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) What are you making, Frankie? I'm making cards out of a potato. What? Well, you see, first I kind of cut a candy cane shape out of the potato, like this. Then I simply dip it into some red paint, just like that. And then I print it onto some paper and look, a candy cane. See? Mmm, potato <laughs> I hope you don't forget to wash that potato before you eat it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to separate you two. Now get back to work. I need 500 of each of those by sundown. <laughs> 500? They're working in Pee Wee's sweatshop. Yeah, I love the fact that they have this uh, this relationship. And also with uh, co-star, and back to the beach, Lori Laughlin on 
Full House, where they've made several appearances, which is such a bizarre thing that I'm only realizing now where it's like, what was with the like writers for Full House that they thought, I know what kids like? Well, the uh, the teeny boppers from the 60s. Yeah. The Beach Boys <laughs> coming well, in with Stamos drumming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Frankie and Annette. All the Elvis references. I mean, that yeah. show that show was it was like one of those where they were like, OK, we're going to have grown up stuff for the grown ups and we're going to have kids stuff for the kids. And they're going to say she's going to say ice cream and and then he's going to yeah. get to drum with the, with the Beach Boys. And but it's a very specific type of older audience that they're going for. But but think about this, well, John, too. I, I, I like when we're talking about this, we talk about this, this scope and, you know, this kind of how we view history is when we were kids, Full House was a show that, that was on in the 80s, which was closer to the 60s than we are to the uh, 80s right yeah, now I know. discussing all these movies. Yeah. Time is a flat circle, I understand, but like we are we are way far removed from the 80s yeah. uh, as opposed to they were from the 60s. It's a, it's the 20 year like retro cycle, which is crazy because I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, wait a second. So like, wait, is that like like the strokes now is she's <laughs> and here uh, we start again yeah well okay before we go any further it's probably it's just occurring to me that most of the, our listeners have never probably seen back to the beach because i don't think that this is one that was <laughs> on many you? people's radars so <laughs> why don't i do a synopsis and uh, then we can kind of launch into all of the insanity that we have on our minds about Frankie, Annette, and the gang. Most uh, I'm anxious. I'm anxious to hear you make sense out of this synopsis. Oh, please do. This is a very basic layout of kind of what happens. But this movie, what our dear listeners need to understand, it's a uh, you know, it's an absurdist comedy. It's it's. It's out there. It's surreal. Things don't make sense. It's meta, but also it's like, I, I don't know, it's not quite parody, but it, it dips into it. It kind of just like spreads itself over a bunch of different areas in in the world of comedy, and it does it uh, incredibly so, I, I have to say. It's cameos, right. gags, and songs shoehorned into sand. That's yeah. Well, which is basically what it comes out Flip of. Flip-flop horned. Yes, the yeah. origin, yeah. All right, so Frankie Internet used to be hot shots in the 50s and 60s. He was a teen singing sensation, and she was a beloved musketeer. But time ticked on, and they needed to grow up. They started a family together in Ohio. Now Frankie owns a Ford dealership, and Annette cares for their son, Bobby, providing him with plenty of Skippy peanut butter, a reference to her spokesperson deal years prior. They also have a daughter named Sandy, who lives at at their old stomping grounds, the California Beach. With Frankie burnt out from work, the three Midwesterners decide to take a vacation, making a quick stop to visit Sandy in L.A. But when they get there, their worlds are turned upside down. Frankie blows his top when he discovers that Sandy is living with a guy and is only brought out of his funk when he sees his old beach pal, Connie Stevens, who has always had a major crush on Frankie, though to her, he's the big kahuna. This causes tension between him and Annette, especially since they missed their flight to continue on to Hawaii. The two decide to part ways, leaving Annette and Sandy to have a pick-me-up pajama party while Frankie drowns his sorrows in fruity cocktails. All the while, Sandy and Michael decide to split up after they disagree about their priorities. The next morning, Frankie wakes up hungover in a surfer wave patrol office where he encounters Michael, Sandy's fiancé. 
Though they butt heads at first, Frankie comes around on Michael particularly fast. Meanwhile, Sandy, Annette, and Bobby take to the beach, where Bobby becomes fast friends with a group of surf punks who claim ownership of the beach. After a series of jealousy-inducing moments between Frankie and Annette, Frankie decides that the only way to get her back is to have a bonfire-centric beach party. Frankie and Michael make the arrangements by tricking the harbor master and the party is on. Frankie's plan works and Annette is impressed. Sandy has also agreed to take Michael back after their big spat. There's just one problem. Bobby has fully committed to the punk beach gang who are all tired of everyone taking up space on their beach. Frankie proposes a surf-off. Their best surfer versus Michael. But when Frankie breaks Michael's foot with a bongo drum, it's up to Frankie to surf, something he hasn't done since the 60s when he came face-to-face, or bored to water, with the humonga cowabunga from Down Under, a massive wave from Australia. The next day, Zed, the gang's leader, and Frankie are ready to surf. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Zed does a mediocre but passable job on the waves. Frankie, on the other hand, seems hesitant and won't take any waves at all. But suddenly, the humonga cowabunga from down under appears and Frankie takes it like a champ. The big kahuna wins, the beach is theirs, and everyone sings a song of joy, literally. So, and again and again, and again and again, John, yeoman's like work trying to cobble together (laughs) a storyline. Out of that 90-minute piece of dog shit. Well oh, done. Oh, no, Ray, well it is done. not dog shit. Oh, oh, but we love the dog shit. It's okay. Oh, it tastes but so we good. have Hold to on. call it what it is, John. Hold on, because let's not forget the uh, where this movie comes from. Because compared to yeah. its predecessors... So just a little, little backstory here. Um, so this is not a direct sequel. It might have been had Orion Pictures, who owned the rights to the beach movies, decided to make it. But therefore, I mean, Frankie can still be Frankie because that's his his name. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Oh, no, right, right, right. They, he right. is not Sorry. credited, nor does anybody ever call him Frankie in he's the right. movie. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, and they don't. He is the big right. kahuna, and he's credited as Annette's husband in the right. credits. right. Right. And right. she is not Dee Dee as she is in the beach right. movie. She's, she's a net. So they own those herself. names. And so that's why they yeah. could, which is crazy. It's his name. It's insane. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I, I always forget that they don't call him, uh, that they never say his name. Not in the movie. once. But like, and no. I didn't, I didn't realize that until the last viewing. I'm like, they're not or, calling him Frankie. It's dad. Or dad. Or you know, and, and yeah. it, mm-hmm. but never Kahuna, once is he yeah. called Frankie. Um, uh, and, and, Okay, sorry, oh, Dan, go ahead. No, I, I wanted to, so I just wanted to point out some of the things that uh, I jotted down while watching uh, Bikini Beach and Beach oh. Blanket Bingo. So oh first my of God. all, cameos, random, like cameos, nothing new because we've got Boris, we've got Boris Karloff and Stevie yep. Wonder. Buster in, Keaton. Well, in I don't know Beach. if Stevie Wonder would have necessarily been a cameo because he wasn't Really, Stevie Wonder he was, was like Stevie. Dick Dale. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was, yeah. but it was kind of like how it's like, oh, Dick Dale is here. Okay, here's little right. Stevie. But still, right. I mean, it's a cameo. Like he was, you know, people a knew person. who he was at that yeah. point. He was a figure. Um, yeah, and it's weird because like there's some like you've got Don Rickles who doesn't, who's not playing himself, but he plays. uh he big drop where who he operates like a club and a skydiving operation in Bikini Beach 
and then no in, big drop oh, oh, big drop sorry, is beach blanket bingo the race sorry the race the race track big he does drag. the race track the dr- big, big drag, big drag, he's big drag, and then he's right. He's big drop in beach blanket bingo. There's other people who are like the same character. There's this one girl, Donna, who pops up in all the movies just to sing a song, and she's got this I don't know, like really nice, like I don't know, like Helen Reddy uh, voice, and yeah, she and then pops up. Bonehead is that his name? There's <laughs> Goofball. Bone, right, bonehead, Bonehead, who gets rescued by a sorry. It's beep, 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 spoiler alert: gets rescued by a mermaid. <laughs> it was and, 55 years ago, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, but like, yeah. So and so he's with a mermaid. Meanwhile, in Bikini Beach, you've got a monkey that drives a Rolls Royce. Um, I the monkey does oh so much shit. You've got this character Potato <laughs> Bug, uh, and po- I love Potato Bug. First I love of all, the- they're they're vitriol po- for the Beatles and like well, you know British garage rock is amazing. Potato Bug is the Beatles all in one. It's like all right. four Beatles in played by in Frankie. one. Yeah, played yeah. by right, played by Frankie. Um, uh, Most of the oh, time, Bikini and then, Beach yeah. also uh, also boasts an all bald surf rock band. So, and they kick ass. Oh yeah. Although uh, they start yeah. off with the mop tops, but they're just wigs. It's okay. Oh right, right. Basically, Bikini Beach plays like an episode of the Monkees without. I was gonna the, say the band, it, the Monkees, just a monkey. Well, I, these movies definitely feel like just long episodes of the Monkees or Gilligan's Island, which. Makes a lot of sense Hello. because mm-hmm. Bob Denver is uh, very oh. much in uh, Back to the Beach. And just before we leave kind of the old beach movies, there's this great mo- like point in Beach Blanket Bingo where Don Rickles just goes into an act. He just goes in. <laughs> right. like, he's he, sh- he does a shoot act. He does a shoot act. He goes he goes up to Frankie. He goes, what are you doing? You're 42. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing running around here? You're 42. You're 42. I, I haven't seen, I honestly haven't seen all of Beach Blanket Bingo since probably 2002. Uh, <laughs> so I watched the opening of it and I was like, there's, and just to try to try to muscle through it for this so we get this. I was like, there's no possible way I can get through this movie because I couldn't get through it then. Because well, look, it's, it's so much of its era. It's it's the Elvis, you know, Hawaii thing. You know what I mean? Except it's taken a much more bubblegum, less, yeah. uh, you know, worse songs, all that stuff. And oh, it, it just, takes this yeah. kind of this, this trope and just, okay, the script is fine. Go, go, you know, uh, go entertain the kids. Take your shirt off, Frankie. You know, uh, and that's kind of all it is, right? It's that fodder. Uh, like at the end of... Uh, and it's not spoiler alert, but when she when and stop, uh, but when Annette talks about wanting to be bad, and it's like you know you got a great rack, you wasted it, you know. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, so. yeah. Um, you know what? It's funny because as you're just as you're talking about them and describing them, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of like, well, what's the modern counterpart? And I'm like, is are, is the Fast and the Furious franchise the modern of just like ridiculous shit happening out it, of you nowhere? Know, I think they and, probably wanted to to recreate it, the genre with with from Justin to Kelly, but uh, that oh, we weren't yeah. quite ready for that at the time. Wow, yeah, <laughs> so, forgot about that. Um, yeah, no, you know, I, I, I was just I, thinking. Is, I was like. Kind of makes me think of Fast, you know, at the end, it's all yeah, about it's family, a, you know? But it's a vapid, you live your life quarter Familia. mile at a time, it's a vapid, zero, all car action, all all the time, no plot whatsoever, or if it is, it's completely, you know, diarrhea-style loose. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just, 
<laughs> it's it, they're they're complete genre movies, right? And it's yeah. not uh, it's all theme, it's all character, it's zero plot, right? Well, and, and they and, even they call it out and back to the beach. And in yes. net, what one of the things I love about the script actually is how much it calls out the tropes of the genre when it's yeah. like oh oh honey have i taught you nothing because no this is what's going to happen because now your father's going to burn something to get my attention yeah. and right. like and she's calling out because like i was keeping a list i was like are, there are definitely like tropes of the genre that just pop up in every one and then uh, watching back to the beach it's like oh she's calling them out as they as they happen Absolutely. I mean, the whole meta aspect like of this movie is what makes it work so well. The the self-awareness that they have, you know, I, I, of course, in 87, when this came out, maybe it was more fresh in people's minds that she used to hawk Skippy peanut butter. Yeah. I but, mean, that was uh, like 70s, was I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was relatively no, no. I mean, it was, within a it decade, was, no? I, know, I, I think, think it like was in 1980, around there. Mid-80s. I remember Annette Funicello's. I do remember that as well. Yeah. 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 So it uh, had to have been like mid-80s. Yeah, but like like last night I watched the movie with Laura, my wife, and I had to like kind of pause it every now and then and just be like, so yeah, Annette Funicello used to, you know, endorse Skippy <laughs> peanut butter. And that's why that's funny because when this came out, people would have remembered that. And, you know, so it's that kind of thing. Yeah, it's very unfortunate it that, a- that Bobby had to pull off that terrible acting hack job to, to, to say what it was. Demian Slade. <laughs> yes. Who plays Bobby. I love him so much. Uh, we mentioned at the end of the last episode, he was also in Better Johnny. Off Dead. He's yep. the the $2 kid, that, famously. Yeah. That, should, that should be his claim to fame. It should not be this. I don't think oh, this is wonderful I think that is this. his claim to fame. It's definitely the $2 the, thing. The less he says, the better. I but, strongly disagree. Oh, I think John. he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we can I, we can disagree about this. It's okay, but I want so, you to I want you to imagine in your mind uh, mind's eye the darkness that a better child actor could bring to the. I know what it is, I because it's that way every day. Like just the darkness well, he can okay. bring to that. Maybe skin. he like, shouldn't what have did, been. What maybe did you want? He Edward, should not have Edward Furlong. Like, well, no, he was too young at the time. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna play this Corey. I'm gonna play this clip. Of yeah. him when he, uh, you know, actually Corey Feldman you know, reunites, would have been a great Bobby. Yeah, he would have been a great Bobby. But he reunites with his family, and uh, uh, he is fully in this gang now. Ah, uh, yes. Oh yeah. Eat sin, Lemos. Bobby, you get down from there right this instant. My name isn't Bobby anymore. I've got my gang name. You call me Surly. Shirley? Your name is Shirley. <laughs> Bobby is a tougher name. Surely. Not surely, it's surly, surly! God, man, I'm changing my gang name. My new gang name is... <laughs> knife. Call me Knife. Nice? You want us to call you Nice? Okay. Nice hairstyle, Nice. <laughs> it's not Nice! It's not Nice! Forget it. Call me Bobby. I love the way he delivers that line. Oh man, just forget well, it. Call me Bobby. <laughs> I don't know if it's a deviated septum issue that it that oh, I'm, it's coming across on. here. I, I don't know, you know, okay. what, what, All right. what, what my issue is. Okay. I think he's fantastic. Well, good for That's you. It. I'm sure I'm sure he'll thank you too. 
I, I do want to say for him though, uh, and one wonderful thing about the characters, first of all, the parents totally forget that they've got like a twelve-year-old. He's not even like a full-blown oh, yeah. teenager. He's well, basically. How, why would they? For, why wouldn't they forget? They, apparently, they forgot their flight because they were on the beach for like a week and a oh, half, and they had a ten-hour well, ten layover. Well, because mystically, whatever happens whenever they get to California Beach is they end up playing these psychological sex games with each other, where the, where where they're like, I it's so crazy because they're like oh i absolutely love your father and i'm gonna make him suffer and and he's just he's just like oh well screw you i'm gonna go hang out with her and and time uh, stops but they well, do it in every in every one yeah. of these movies is this yeah. was like oh well so frank like and like frankie's like openly hitting on other women in front of annette so annette's like well i'm gonna rub up against this guy over here um oh and speaking of troy yeah. Jesus. You know they make a drink here called the Stunned Mullet. Serve it in a coconut shell. <laughs> well, I once saw a woman drink one of these, take off all her clothes, and dance the pony right here on this very table. And your point is? Point is I'd like to buy you two of them. <laughs> That's very generous of you in a sleazy kind of way. But my husband and I have a plane to catch soon. Oh, say, hey, if a dynamite-looking chick like you was married to a totally bitchin' dude like me, you wouldn't be alone for a minute to catch my drift. I dig chicks. Chicks dig me. Digging them. Dig. Dan, when he says that line, do you does in your mind uh, go to the beginning of everybody uh, ought to have a maid from Funny Thing Happens on the for- <laughs> on the way to the forum? <laughs> maids I like, like maids. Me. I'm maids me. like me. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, wow. It hadn't before, but it will now. Oh, good. Uh, Happy yeah. To help. No. It, um. So n- no. I mean, man. Oh boy, Troy. Uh. Oh, if Troy was a real person, then then I during the me too movement i hope he went into hiding we, uh, we have to we have to wow. understand everything oh. in its context you yes. know and so no, we absolutely. can we can make apologies and have all of these kind of uh you know uh disclaimers and whatnot but he's a sleaze bag on a beach in the 80s right and it's a comedy it's a yeah yes it's it's understood that this guy is terrible yes. like yes. you know it's and very it, well established yeah small penis yeah. syndrome blah 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 right it, it, it but it, it is an archetype found in all of these movies as well i mean and, really other other than his you know like lack of awareness of, of boundaries or anything like that um he's he's actually like he's got this sweet setup on the beach he's got comfortable chairs and he ends up like he's an all right guy he ends up being like, he, and he gets he to sing in the, right. in the closing number. I mean, well, Zed, hold on. Have we never talked about how Zed is, is Sandy's landlord? Uh, oh, wow. Is he? Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Cause he owns the base owns shop, the bait and shop that she lives above. Yeah, that's true. Assume- and he lives next door because when they're having the pajama party, they all come out of that. You know, <laughs> but he's respectful. Uh, he's respectful when he dances with with Annette. He, he absolutely nice is. He looks like a real fun time. <laughs> he does. I wonder what Zed's doing these days. He opened a preschool. Well, well <laughs> and it's funny well, you mention I mean, that because they do have an on the beach daycare. You know, it's like seventy five cents an hour, and it's with, like uh, the big what's guy, it, like Master Fantastic. Blaster, or whatever from like yeah. the road from the Road Warrior. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but uh, how quickly did they all of a sudden like like turn Bobby like they they just turn everything like Bobby becomes president. Bobby's sitting around. He's like three PO in Return of the Jedi with with the Ewoks, <laughs> and he's telling them about the cherry bomb. Uh, and they are oh, the uh, cherry bomb scene is yeah. so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You take this cherry bomb and you stick it in the girl's John. The girl's John. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, By the way, didn't know that first of all, I all love these it. hard tumbled freaking punks didn't know about a cherry bomb. I, I, why are they so impressed? No, but it's this? not just it's not just the cherry bomb. It's how to make it go off later so that you're far away from where the scene of the crime. The things they teach you in Ohio, man. I tell you. And and speaking of, is he not wearing a hat with a Nazi insignia on it? Like, yes, oh, good lord. Okay, is he not? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. Was it the hat or the vest? I couldn't remember. The hat. It's it's the hat. He's got like that bikers. He's got like that bikers cap, and it's got like with the eagle. Um, I, I, I. forget what the actual name of it is right but yeah. um definitely a nazi with like the with the talons gripping the the swastika by the way yeah not it's the, not good. not the first nazi reference in uh this genre because in uh was it like i think uh, Be- i don't know if it's beach blake at bingo or bikini beach where eric von zipper hangs out in a pool hall that has like a framed portrait of hitler on the yes. wall right so this gang this this surf punk gang is <laughs> certainly the the new version of the rats the like biker gang from the originals where a like 50 year old man is supposed to be an illiterate teenager (laughs) but like also the and and not to not to you know whatever disclaimer disclaimer but in the 60s it was relatively a thing to make the bad guys nazis right i mean it was just if, if it became that kind of trope yeah, the producers. It's 1968, you know, and, and when you're making a joke out of people, like that's kind of what you label them with. Oh know? yeah, no, no, abs- absolutely. Like I, I think I, I don't, I don't fault them for this. Yeah, but he, he's definitely like, and and he talks, speaks with this diction. It actually is from like Guys and Dolls is really the only thing I can think of where I've heard that that diction. Like they will be sorry if they do not refugate (laughs) the beach. (laughs) Very Runyon-esque in in infatuatively. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some more of the cameos because that's definitely a big part of this. And I I want to try to make a list. Uh, yeah, from beginning to end. So Dan, okay. go ahead and I, I and tell me what I missed too. But go ahead. Well, um, I I was gonna say um, there's some of the cameos where the characters where the where the people are like just playing themselves, and then others where they're playing characters, and then others where they're playing old characters. Because I'm pretty sure Bob Denver is actually playing Gilligan in this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, especially with what happens at the end. Uh, yes. Right. You know, and right. Uh, let's let's hear that. So that's the whole story. I just thank God it's all over. I think you're very brave. Well, I know I just met you, but I love you. Would you be my main squeeze? I never thought you'd ask. We've got to shove off, little buddy. No, not you, not now. I'm sorry, it's time to go. Now, we'll be back real soon. It's only a three-hour tour. It's never a three-hour tour. If I pour may, pour one out, gentlemen. Pour one out. Oh yeah. Oh, pour yeah. two out. Pour, pour two out. Yeah. Mm. Um, if I may, you may. What's really interesting about this movie is that, first of all, we are 
apparently accepting Gilligan's Island as reality and canon here, but it is also referenced as a TV show earlier when Michael is when when Sandy's like no my mom's staying here and like you you have to go and he's like wait a second I thought they they started as a three-hour tour and now who knows when they're leaving is this the plot of Gilligan's Island yes so no regard for any canon whatsoever look does not matter the script supervisor was drunk it does not matter okay (laughs) here's the thing in a movie where a character comes in just to sing a song and then it shoots off into space. Oh, then, I have no. Uh, all bets are off. I, look, look, I'm sorry. I do not. Anything that I point out, all any of these anomalies just make me love the movie more because that's what it is. Because we can't what talk about this. We can't talk about this as a real film. It's 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 its own no. entity. Like it's its, its, its own, own very special thing. Yes, it is. It is completely unique in in, in every way imaginable. In that we cannot make neither heads nor tails. All we can do is marvel yeah. at moments. You now know? speaking of speaking of moments, perhaps. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe the, it was funny because to think there was a period of time when the Pee Wee Herman cameo would have been considered the most controversial uh, and 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 not necessarily problematic. But oh, boy. Back in the day. Are you talking about how there's a murderer in this movie? Uh, I am. Let's let's get to that for a second. <laughs> yeah, because it, it correct me if I'm wrong. But is that or is not that not the first cameo? Oh, it is, yeah, it's the first one. And we're talking, so, yes. of course, about uh, O.J. Simpson. Here, let's... Where's the movie stars? What? I thought our land was supposed to be loaded with movie stars, rock and rollers, celebrities. Oh, honey, that's just what all Midwesterners think. L.A. is just like any other place. Excuse me, ma'am, but I believe this is my bag. Oh, just let him have it in there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> of course, mine's leatherette. This seems to be... Skin. Thank you very Bruno much. Bruno Mali. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hey, Mom, you know that was... No, honey, who? That was... <laughs> no, I guess I was wrong. So, of course, that was... That was Nordberg is... from Police no. Oh. Damn, no. come on. Come on. Here's of why course, it works on so many levels. Here's why it works on so many okay. levels. First of all, John, may I? That is that is OJ Simpson, okay? Obviously. Football player, Hall of Famer, murderer, author, you know, run the gamut. Yeah, okay? author of If I Did It. Yes. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, paraphernalia collector. Um, but also, he shows up as OJ Simpson in the Hertz commercials, okay? Yes. And then... He runs like the Hertz commercial and becomes an early version of Nordberg. So right. not only is he tripped over, but then Bobby or Frankie steps on his hand. Yes. That well, is, I mean, it works on so many levels. And <laughs> right, everything that you're saying is it, it totally. So yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Hertz commercials because that's what this is really parodying. But then, and I'm thinking, I was like, well, Paramount produced the naked gun movies as well as this. So is it, could it have been that like, this was his, I don't know, audition for the naked gun. Cause he was not on the police squad series. Right. So yeah. like, you know, because yeah, cause the, especially that moment when he gets his hand stepped on the look on his face, it's totally Nordberg. I mean, it, th- when that was, when textbook. was naked gun? Like 89, was that 88, 88, oh, was 88. So that was right after yeah. this. Yeah. So, wow. so that was the first cameo. Then I have, uh, I listed Dick Dale. 
right? Dick Dale. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Austin mm-hmm. Represent. Uh, the aforementioned Bob Denver. Right. Uh, Fishbone. Oh, Fishbone. In full suits on a beach doing the Jamaica ska, doing their best Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters impression. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, okay. Let's talk about Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters for a second, because that is the only other example that I can think of of a, and I, you know, you say modern day movie came out in 96 and you know, that thing you do I'm talking about. And I, that perfectly displays the production of one of those 60s beach movies where you have like the goofball bonehead character. I think it's goofball in uh, Weekend at Party Pier is the movie. Yes. Weekend at Party Pier. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, now I just want to go watch that thing you do and watch that scene yes. because that scene Butter. is like the perfect way to celebrate yeah. that yeah. moment in time for these movies. Hey, we're not the wonders right now. We're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So after that madness, Don Adams... Okay, who who even gets to work in his right. catchphrase, missed yep. it by that much. Yeah, it is he's so the, good. The harbor master. The harbor master. He, and he he gets he works in a couple of catchphrases. Does Would he? you believe? Yes. Oh, right, right, right. The aforementioned Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens, mm-hmm. uh, which which we need to kind of break out into its own yes. discussion. Yeah. Um, uh, and then with the surfing contest, Barbara Billingsley, Tony Dow, Jerry Mathers, and. Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> right. Oh, what? Roger, Roger, read Roger Ebert's review of this Are movie. Are you going to read Roger Ebert's review before this episode? I did. Okay. That's what I was doing about a half hour before this episode. The decision to have Frankie and Annette and their willingness to make fun of themselves and their squeaky clean images is just one of the reasons this film is a stunning surprise. It's wonderful. The script is smart. The direction by first-time director Lyndall Hobbs, a young Australian woman who just made music videos before this, is crisp. And the best decision of all, as I said, is that Frankie and Annette have the good sense to laugh at themselves and laugh at an innocent time that is a tremendous pleasure to revisit. I had a ball with Back to the Beach. I had a great time, too. And not only with Frankie and Annette, who were terrific, and with that little kid oh, who was, you know, God. the 12-year-old punker with the leather suit on, but Connie Stevens, who looks terrific. And then, of course, there's this completely out of the blue, totally unbilled cameo performance by Pee Wee Herman, who comes flying into the picture, right. sings a great rock and roll song, and then disappears. And I was sitting in the theater, frankly surprised, because I practically had to sign an oath in blood with Paramount Pictures before they let... Me, or for that matter, you, look at this picture. They're so afraid of it, they don't want any critics to look at it. They don't want any reviews on either of the coasts. The because they're afraid, yeah, on the sophisticated coast, people won't like this movie. They're crazy. This is the best movie they've had all summer. I, well, practically. I, I'll tell you this. It's certainly the best movie of its kind since yes, it Greece. Is. Since Greece, yeah, yeah. and maybe it's better than Greece. Mm-hmm. I'd have to match it up. It is a wonderful film. Uh, 
I just I sat there flabbergasted. I thought the the Beach Party movies that they were going to just do a retread. Yeah. This movie had me howling. It's an original film, and also it's an original musical. The musical numbers in this film, and there are a lot of them, by Frankie and Annette and Connie They're Stevens great. and Pee Wee Herman and the reggae band and everybody else. It's a great musical and a lot of fun. I just want to play uh, a clip or two from them judging. We're going to go first with uh, oh. Zed, Zed's performance. Nice. Well, Jer, it was well performed. It moved quickly, and the ending was exciting and original. I give it an eight. Thumbs up. Well, as usual, Tony, I totally disagree. I found the entire ride stiff and uh, uninspired. The ending was anticlimactic. I gave it a six. Thumbs down. It made me want to leave the beach. So, and then Barbara Billingsley <laughs> is the announcer who, like, keeps on messing up the big kahuna. and is, The big crapola. She's holding a prop mic that she's just waving all it's over. It's so weird. She <laughs> no, clearly does not give a shit yeah, about this yeah, movie. Oh, amplifying just as it everywhere. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I love it. I love it. So, so, Dan, who else do we have? Um, Ed Burns, Kooky, Kooky, lend me your comb from the oh. uh, 77 Sunset Strip. And oh he and Connie Stevens had a, had a hit signal, a signal, hello, a hit single. Uh, yeah, it was it like, kooky. and he was the valet guy. Yeah, he was the valet. Yeah. He calls him Kooky. He's like, hey, yeah, kooky. he's, he's actually the first person that, 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 that makes Frankie Kuna smile is, is, is excited <laughs> yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah. Because Dick Dale, as he says, we could come back in the year 2000 and Dick Dale would which pour Dick one out, by the way. passed away. Yes. But, yeah, yeah but I was, I was listening to that thinking. I was like, wow, I think in the year 2000, you probably could have found Dick Dale playing somewhere. Frankie I mean, Avalon is still touring. Yeah. He's 80. That is. <laughs> they don't stop. They Frankie, don't stop. It, Frankie Valley, as my Valley parents. Frankie is still touring. Yeah. My parents did are going. Teen, to, as, do the as, teens still go wild for Venus? I just have well, to know. You know, funny oh, they scream. Funnily enough, I just watched a, a, a clip of Venus before I got on here from American Bandstand, nice. like old school, and it was the number one record at the time. I guess he had received the one million records sold uh, award, uh, okay. and the girls were going gaga. Now, I've seen Frankie perform Venus live, uh, oh. and uh, you know, it, it, I, I went a little gaga myself. He was in his sixties at the time. Um, but, just, a, uh, just a little kid. Yeah, exactly. It's How old were you? I was twenty-three. So where did you uh, see? Where, oh, where did you see Frankie? Should I get into this story Please, now? Let's do it. Like, okay. Let's do it. Why not? Uh, I had. I had mentioned before the show to the gentleman that uh, Frankie Avalon once bought me a drink, uh, and uh, I was grateful for that. Was um, it a uh, oh stunned mullet? It was not a stunned mullet. <laughs> it was probably some sort of whiskey. Uh, I uh, in my former life, uh, before I met my wife, I had an ex girlfriend, uh, and she uh, did the uh, musical of Greece uh, in. Uh, a couple of cities where I went, and when they were in New Haven, I believe it was either New Haven or Boston. Uh, Frankie was Teen Angel, and uh, so I saw him on stage uh, doing Beauty School Dropout, like he did in Greece. And after the show, they do kind of a star mega mix. Chubby Checker did it, did it too, and he did the twist nice. and 
the other twist and 30 other twists. Um, but Frankie had a couple of sets that he did, and I think he did Venus that one night as well. Uh, and then afterwards, it was cast party. Hey, how are you? How are you? And he had just he was talking to somebody. Uh, my girlfriend at the time introduced me, shook my hand, looked me in the eye. What a gentleman. And I, I, we were just ordering drinks, and he bought us both drinks. And I how said, wonderful. Thank you, Big Crapola. And, it, <laughs> and it's cool that... And it's cool that Chubby Checker did the twist because not everybody can do the twist. <laughs> well, but everybody on, can do the ska. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what an opportunity for Fishbone there. Just to, I love sudden, that. Saxophones blazing. Well, what's funny is Fishbone is definitely not like a band that, you know, like the demographic for that movie was like, we were not li what, like listening to Fishbone. And it was funny because I was like, oh, this is a fun song. And then I like listened to some other Fishbone and I was like, oh, this does not sound like Jamaica Ska. No, um, no, no. The no, only no. thing I can, I can think of is, is I, I remember when uh, Old School had come out and uh, a friend of mine at the time worked at, at William Morris when I was living in L.A., and basically, it had to do with like agent packaging, uh, and so yeah. my my the best guess I can come up with is that they had like the same booker or same booking agent or something like that. To I get was them thinking on. about that with you know like Paul Rubens and like Frankie Internet and yeah. you know how they have all these other things where it's like they probably have like the same manager and it's right. just and like, how can we make a deal to get you in this? And, and it's all and packaging yeah. and the agent gets kind of a lump sum or I don't, I don't know what the, what the, you know, terms of the deal was or whatever, yeah. but that's the, that's the best kind of, especially when somebody random, like Snoop had the same agent as Vince Vaughn or something like that. You know what I mean? And that's how right. they got into old okay. school. And so it was just kind of a package deal kind of thing. Uh, but I, I, again, I, I don't, there is nothing to back that up. It's just a true assumption. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, these uh, days you have to say that, you know. Is there anybody? Are we missing any other cameos? I tried to write down pretty yeah. much everybody, but and we could be like, I mean, obviously there's Lori Loughlin, but she was an actress in the no, movie. Well, yeah, yeah, not, not a cameo, cameo you know? just a performance. I mean, there there yeah. are definitely other cast members worth mentioning. Um, you know, uh, Tommy Hinckley as as Michael, and um, who, by the way, has the smallest nipples on the planet. <laughs> I know that this isn't that kind of podcast, but it deserves, like, there was one point where we were watching it last night, and I had to pause it and be like, is it just me, or does he have the teeniest little nipples in the world? So, anyway. Do not edit that out. Do I'm not, not editing no. that out. Are you okay, kidding no. me? I said it. Okay. I stand oh. by it. <laughs> I, I had a moment where I forgot. I was like, there was another cast member I wanted to mention, but uh, David Bowe, who um, David our Bo. listeners yeah. probably know from UHF as as Bob. Uh, in, yeah, he's uh, it, uh, the, the surf report guy. He's great. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah he's, he's been in a lot. He's, yeah. he's, oh, he's yeah. done a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of fun good. in this. He kind of plays. He's almost like uh, like Michael McKeon in Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah, uh, you he's know that your stereotypical kind of surfer. Yeah, surfer, surfer burnout. Yeah. Incidentally, Michael McKeon has done every high form of entertainment there is to do. He is legendary in so many mediums, and the man still doesn't have an Emmy. Like what is what is doesn't have any sort of award. Laverne and Shirley, you know, Better Call Saul. Yeah, I was wondering All if he got nominated for Better Call Saul, at least. He's been he's nominated. nominated, I think, He's last been nominated. year. He never yeah. won. Michael you know, McKean is, at a bit, like you said, like, I don't think legendary. he cares. I get the impression oh, that he, like, is with like, a career yeah. like his, why would you? you yeah. Know, I, I, like, 
think about it. Think about the the length of that man's that breadth of work that he's done. Oh yeah, you know, Clue, Spinal Tap, yeah. Laverne and Shirley, legend. everything comes. It's it's it's. it's Earth girls are easy. Earth, Earth girls, girls are easy. easy. Earth girls yeah, are easy. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else? What else do we need to do? We need to to talk about in this in this movie here. I feel like there's there's so much. Oh, another thing with just having a good in and package deal. Uh, getting to use the John Williams Indiana Jones music, uh, right? Yes. During the, the surfing, the the ending surfing scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by oh, the way, they make no bones about that at all. It's just no. this is the this is the screen in the back. Uh, but it, it, like it's the same screen when he does the car commercial as right. this yes. when yeah. he rides the wind. Yes, exactly. which I love, <laughs> and I I I hope that that was like intentional to yeah. set that yeah. up. Yeah, had to be. And yes. I love the guy who goes up to get an autograph and then just like dives yeah. into the water <laughs> again. Yeah, I'm like, and he's perfectly dry when he comes out of the ocean. It's like, are we supposed to be? We're impressed with the big Kahuna. Meanwhile, this badass, yeah, this is guy. Swimming up in the middle of the humonga cowabunga from down under to get an autograph, and then so and he keeps it dry. And come on, that's so good. He deserves yeah, control of the beach. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> give that guy the beach. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Maybe he was a merman. Well, I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like there's so much to talk about, and I, I, I do. Like, I know you might want to move on, but that Pee Wee Herman thing. Yeah, let's oh, talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, for yeah. a minute. Yes, let's we, talk we, surfing. We got, we got to get on that a little bit because he comes out of like there's nothing to set it up, no, except the party, and then he's gone. I mean, he glows and shoots off into the atmosphere. Like it's he he sings he comes in, sings bird sings surfing bird, yeah, and we and that's it. But they didn't need to do anymore because no. they put his ass on the poster. They yeah. put Pee Wee yeah. in the advertising front and center, so you didn't have to set it up because I mean, like there we were at the Blue Star Cinema, Watchung, New Jersey, in 1987, waiting for Pee Wee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sitting in the in the audience and just waiting. It's like the rest of it was yeah. fun. The rest of it was great. Yeah. But it was where's Pee Wee? Where's where? I remember thinking that and like hearing like somebody else in the theater saying it. Like where's Pee Wee? And well, you know, and this is a, a situation where, uh, in it, when that movie came out, I was four, which is my daughter's current age, and. God bless you. She she has not been to see a movie in the theater. And I certainly know that I was in the theater for this movie. And that was, you know, a situation where it's like, I'm the youngest of three children. And my mother isn't going to like do something with some kids and leave the others with somebody. You know, it was just like not all or mother. nothing, all no. or nothing. So, uh, <laughs> no. and it was like, yeah. And it was like uh, watching that movie. Laura, my wife, turned to me and said, knowing that you watch this so young and so frequently explains everything. <laughs> well, because if you think about the Pee Wee Herman, Herman segment and the movie as a whole, it's basically a fever dream inside of a fever dream. It's a fever. The whole movie is a fever dream come true. Because it's <laughs> that is the tagline yeah. right there. A fever dream come true. Uh, but it, because it's just like it. What if you would just expect for it to not make sense? It is exactly what you need. Yeah, and it's it's fun. It's ridiculous. I, a lot of these jokes, like they they're not for they're not for kids. And I don't mean that in the way that they are for adults. They're for 
specific adults. Yeah. But also you have yeah. to think about it even acknowledged that was it was an 80s movie in some of its references. Like yeah. it referenced Oprah poorly, I might mm-hmm. add. Yes. You know, I didn't but love Oprah, that. Oprah 1987. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was uncomfortable now knowing that Oprah rules the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, whoever the writer was on that, you know, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, these references, and, and they're few and far between because most of it's kind of callbacks and everything like that. But it does still acknowledge it in the 80s world uh, by some of its by some of its references as it, as it moves through. Yeah, and yeah. and also it's it's kind of important to note that like in 1987 there was certainly this big like resurgence of like surf culture. Yeah, and uh, you know like MTV, I, yeah, MTV well, Summer, it's like, all that I, stuff. I I I mean. I wasn't a surfer when I was a child, but I wore like Ocean Pacific and gotcha clothes and stuff like that. Like it was just part of how we all lived because there was just sixth, sixth, seventh grade. It was like Ocean Pacific and Billabong and I had a boogie board and wetsuit and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, because I I lived in the shore. I lived in the Jersey Shore. Yeah. The Jersey Shore. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, before we move on to uh, how this could come back, is there anything else that we we need to touch on? There's just so much that happens in this movie. Uh, and I mean, that's the thing is it doesn't fu- it sounds like we're bouncing around a lot, but there's no real. I mean, it is relatively linear, but it's kind of it's just a bunch yeah. of gags. It's just okay, a bunch of gags. I got it. One th- okay, so I love when there's the pajama party going on. The one guy, you just hear the one I guy. You need a pajama party. Just, but like, you just hear this one guy all of a sudden go like, hey, a pajama party. And then like, <laughs> oh, uh, at a certain point later, they're just like, what should we do? And someone's like, a pajama party? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and there's, I hope, I don't know if it's the same person, but like, I think it's like as Annette is getting on stage to like sing with Fishbone or something, you hear someone, or maybe like right after you hear someone in the crowd, we love you, Annette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, um, it's great. Da- Damien Slade, that's his name? Yeah. 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 If you look at his IMDb page, not much of a career. Uh, well, beyond. not much of Here an acting there. career. He uh, seems to have been making his name for himself in, in other fields. And, and, and I believe he is probably very talented doing that. I Look, if he's listening, I just want him to know I respect the hell out of him. Two performances, two very memorable performances. I, one absolutely iconic performance and one performance with iconic individuals. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, so so Ray, what would yeah. you do to bring this uh, bring this movie back? So this is back to the beach. Yeah. It's already a reboot, rehash, sequel, all all of that, right? And at first, the mind goes to, well, it's a musical. We could put it on stage, but how do you do that? And I kind of started thinking about it, and I'm like. There's two two kind of things I two kind of genres I was thinking of going with it and a cartoon, right? I could see this as a cartoon with pick pick your celebrity du jour uh, of of stage, you know, again just rolling with the theme and having a uh, a cartoon beach kind of uh, peach party, right? Um, it could be SpongeBob esque. Uh, in its characters, because you have a, a, a range of opportunities now to bring in different characters and things, and because it's animated, right? 
Uh, and on that note, um, it could involve Mr. Rubens, uh, now in his 60s. Um, but still and, killing it. Yeah, uh, but something like Pee-wee's Beach Adventures, kind of along the lines of Freddy's Nightmares, where he comes into the beginning, <laughs> introduces it, and spins off a tale. That I like, that I and like. And so he could bookend the episode, right, and then have a unique tale be told. Now, that could be done live action, it could be done cartoon, but it's got to be done with music, it's got to be done in the style of your your Beach Boys, that sort of thing, and all take place on kind of this you know, mystical island called Los Angeles, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and if you're um, doing this so That's kind of where I was going. If you're doing this as, like, an anthology where it's more like different stories... Um, then you you could even have it in different formats, and you could have an episode that's animated. Right, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where because I took this kind of peewee because yeah, he has no dialogue, he has no introduction points, no exit point except going to space, right? <laughs> and it could be him coming back on his magic surfboard and kind of just introducing us into these new characters and complications and you have a goofball character and you have a this and you have these tropes. Uh, and so really that's the only kind of, cause you're not going to, you know, Annette pour one out. She's passed on and Frankie's 80 and you know, where are we going to go with that? So you kind of take the theme and, and, and spin it out. Right. Right. So I like it. Thanks. Yeah. Dan, a fun, like an anthology of beach. First of all, mm -hmm. I also, I, so um, first, I want to say that I I think that the the idea of I'll say SpongeBob Beach Party, like that I could actually see them doing that. I could actually see that as a as a good idea for like a SpongeBob movie. Because well, I'm just thinking about those. yeah, in, in in like the first SpongeBob movie, I think I might have seen it, and like David Hasselhoff is like a big figure in yeah, it. Yeah, so I think it's taking yeah. some of those tropes as is, you know, and oh, so okay. you know I I. I you know, SpongeBob is its own thing, but you know, in that genre, in that vein, instead of a, in a pineapple oh, no. under the sea, actually yeah. on a beach, you know, that kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. So first I want to start with my idea for it. Cause like we said, you know, we're not really bringing back the, the original cast here. Um, you know, um, is Lori Laughlin still in prison? Or what's I believe she's or? pleading out. Uh, I believe she's cut a deal. Um, okay. So. Anyway. Um, so, in 1989, however, uh, so I have one idea, and this was for the Back to the Beach Part Two that never was in 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 1989 or thereabouts. Um, so Frankie and Net having like you know rediscovered the magic, and they realize that just like life in the Midwest is is like sucking the life out of them. So they move back to LA, and um, fr uh, Frankie tries to uh, get back into the music business and make a comeback album, but things are really different. The way that things are in, in think like late eighties, like MTV cultures. So things are really, are really different. Meanwhile, Annette and Connie become business partners. You know, they, they team up, I don't, whether it's in like with the bar or like, I don't know, Michael surf shop or whatever. Um, Sandy and Michael are finally about to get married. They're having cold feet about it though. So that of course leads to all of the, you know, the circumstances. Cause you got to bring back all the things where Sandy's going to like, you know, she's going to go up and I'm going to show him. And, uh, so 
you've got that. And then Bobby, who's who's in high school, is uh, he's finding his his first love. And uh, he's does he still have the miniature hair helmet? Of course. (laughs) Also, is his first love's name Shirley? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, I don't. I did not write that down. But uh, oh, and he's like he's drumming for a local band. So you kind of see him starting to follow in his in his father's footsteps. May I interject for a second and ask a question with regard to the Bobby character and the comb? Yes. Did he not have the same comb in Better Off Dead? Didn't he, totally he have the did. switchblade? He co- did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was kind of his thing. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. Okay, got it. Got Ab- it. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so then, uh, I and I, I just I jotted a few different ideas, but it was funny, Ray, that you mentioned uh, Freddy Krueger because <laughs> um, because um, I was thinking of kind of like alternate ways that they could have made Back to the Beach, and uh, I was thinking about Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which kind of blends reality because it's like Heather Langenkamp playing herself. And then there's like Freddy, there's like Robert Anglin playing himself, but also Freddy Krueger. And I was like, what if it had been made like that, where like Frankie and Annette come back to, and this is like the alternative back to the beach, where they come back to the California beaches for an event and they end up like living out a pl- what feels like a plot from one of their movies. Um, and, and I was like, you could totally also make that as its own film as a standalone and kind of like I wrote Twilight Zone-esque where, huh. um, which then also, um, threw me into thinking about, uh, actually another movie we'd been, we'd been talking about Pleasantville, uh, John and I had been ta- talking about it in, on our Rebel Without a Cause episode and, um, I was thinking, I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if you have like you start off with this, you know, a rebellious teen, a as we would have called them back in the days, a latchkey kid um, who maybe maybe has, you know, maybe. And I'm like, I went everywhere from this. I was actually thinking like Eddie Furlong in Terminator 2, like that type, like maybe a kid in the foster system or maybe a kid just kind of like who has a lot of time on his own because of whatever his parent or parents have to have to do um kind of, kind of like in the movie pleasantville i think they it's their mom that they live with but she's kind of always like always she's always out so i was thinking like what if you have this kid and he's like he's into surfing and and this is in present day or or maybe this part is set in the 80s and then you have him like he bumps his head and when he's he's revived you know he's he's in the sixties. He's kind of like how Pleasantville he's in that show. This kid wakes up and he's in like, maybe his one thing, maybe like, maybe, I don't know, maybe like his mom isn't around his mom left. And like the one thing he remembers with his mom was like, they used to watch these beach movies whenever they would come on TV and it would be really fun. And he winds division style. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess so. I I guess so. Yeah. 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 I didn't make that connection, but totally makes sense. But But, uh, we've had, we had this discussion years and years ago, Dan, like everything (laughs) is eventually derivative, right? Yes. Everything is derivative of something else. Oh yeah. Doesn't mean it's not an original idea. It just means that we got it from somewhere, you know? Oh yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, I was, I'm sitting here referencing Pleasantville in every other sentence. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But because it's, brilliant um but i was like you and you have this kid who kind of like who ends up in this like weird alternate uh you know 
beach movie world um, that turns out to be so much more confusing than the real world because nothing makes sense ever. Uh, Wait a second. Why is there a monkey driving a Rolls Royce? Why is there a monkey (laughs) driving a Rolls Royce? What is happening? Um, Wait a second. (laughs) Wait, did something just push me over? How did I, how did I got necked over? Wait, wait a second. She shook her ass at me and that knocked me over. That happens. (laughs) That that happens. There is, <laughs> but a girl there's with not a like glass. a connection made. It's just like uh, the shock wave is sent through yep. the air. Yep. So <laughs> she um, sends like an electromagnetic pulse. That <laughs> it's an energetic ass yeah, right there. It takes the world off its axis. <laughs> so anyway, uh, John, uh, just a few, a couple. I had a couple of other little ideas. I, I had like you know you could try to like make a pastiche beach movie, kind of like like a like a down to down with love or machete, machete right. type. Yeah. Um, or. I was like, what if you actually had a movie where one of the like one of the characters in these movies and it's years later, but you play it as realistic and like they have to answer for their actions. And it's like like Bonehead, like like all of a sudden Bonehead gets dragged in by the police because they were like, we found like we found this this body from 30 years ago. And it was you're you're dead. Bonehead, how do you so plead? Dark, man. I so want to go. Dark. I want to go true detective. I want to go totally true detective with it, but have it be like like Bonehead and and Bonehead the serial killer, or he's been like framed for murder. Yeah, by goofball, obviously. Yeah, by goofball. Yeah, his uh, weekend at or, party peer and counterpart. Yeah, yeah. You could go full real and have like you know Eric von Zipper and and the the rats and I don't know, uh, <laughs> like drug trafficking, like a real California biker gang. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, John, what what do you? How would you go back to back to the beach? Yes. So, uh, Dan, something that you and I were texting about, I. Uh, really stuck with me and we'll go into that after I kind of finish kind of going through this here. So what I have in mind is a, like a satirical throwback and this is a, like it takes place in like the early sixties in like Santa Monica or whatever. And it's completely in the style of those like beach bikini movies. And I, in this movie, uh, there's, I mean, there's no Frankie in it, but it's a very Frankie and an Eddie kind of thing. So we meet some teeny boppers who uh, don't seem to have a care in the world. But when the city decides to start charging a bikini tax, the gang is outraged as they feel targeted. <laughs> oh my God. You're laughing because you know that this is, is like a scrapped idea for an actual one of these movies. Spot on. Yeah, uh, so they feel targeted. So they decide to take their surfing and beach parties further south and end up at a spot designated for black beachgoers. So that's right, Dan, your eyes. That's right. We are in the time of segregation and they are uh, they've chosen to kind of move into this uh, this beach that is designated for for the black folks in the area. So they soon discover that the area has smaller swells, coarser sand, poor acoustics for their impromptu songs, and realizing that there's been a great injustice, this crew 
tries to fight for the rights of the black beachgoers, especially now that it impacts them. And their complaints keep getting bumped up from city to county to state to federal and goes to the Supreme Court in a historic in a historic case, surfers on behalf of black people versus discrimination. So it's the white saviors of these uh, teeny bopper beachgoers. And I think that like, I don't know. I mean, back back a while ago, this would have been a good like Keenan Ivory Wayans type movie, you know, something like that. What do you have? What do you have to say, Dan? Would you call it Freedom Surfers? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Freedom Riders? No, no, actually, that's what you know, Freedom Surfers, yeah. yeah. Um, White Sand Beach. I, I would, know. you like, know what? I would, I know you said the weigh-ins, but I would love to see Spike Lee. And I know there's yeah. other filmmakers, oh, but I, maybe absolute. it's just because I've been re-watching a lot of Spike Lee movies recently. Yeah. <laughs> what about Jordan well, Peele? Like, Jordan Peele, yeah. See, the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, what Dan and I noticed is like, where are the black people? And Dan was like, well, they are performing the music. They're like in the bands performing mm-hmm. music, and that's like pretty much it. And yep. uh, that's when we were just like, oh, and then I sent him a picture of uh, Fishbone playing on the beach. Because in uh, Back to the Beach, you really only see, you know, Fishbone, and then when Pee Wee Herman comes out, he's being carried out by these two buff black men. Uh, point of order: uh, Mr. Simpson uh, was in the beginning of the movie. Oh, uh, sorry, yes. O.J. Simpson, um, <laughs> an actual murderer. Yes, uh, which is just, just there, terrible. Yeah, yes. Who's just there for a uh, you know like, as a cameo? Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I mean, so okay, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. There are no black so, characters. They're in right. these movies. No. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. uh, but but like we were saying, it's like the people who are playing the music for the white people or the people who are carrying out the white characters on a surfboard. And uh, yeah, no bueno. But, but no I like bueno. how your idea- Uncomfortable. But I like how your idea get gets into it. Sorry. Critical race theory alert. Um, yeah. The- Like systemic racism in right. infrastructure. And- yes. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And the the tricky part that I was thinking is like, what could be the thing that makes them move? And, you know, we said like the bikini text because it's like they feel like they're being targeted and they're yeah, being yeah. wronged for they're this. They're like, victims. Yeah. So, oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like yeah. and so rather than actually helping them, they take it upon themselves to become the heroes of the story. Right. So anyway, and, they're all boneheads. There, there is a come to Jesus moment beach. at some point in this film, one would assume. Uh, maybe not. Maybe. Okay. Maybe yeah. it is completely tone deaf in, it, well, in, through the whole way. Right. Because it's, you know, because. These characters don't learn a lesson or anything like no, that? No, because the point is that you, the audience, are there to put the pieces together. And, right. you know, it, of course, in the hands of the right director and writer, that's right. where it If really you really. Out. If you really hit the right satirical notes with this, I'm I'm thinking kind of like the tone of a serial mom. Um, sure, bambo- yeah. Bamboozled when I think of Spike Lee, also like mm-hmm. bamboozled or or School Days, uh, which is pretty much a musical. Um, yeah. uh, guys, I mean these are phenomenal ideas, but when we're talking commercial here, 
the cartoon wins. I mean, we're talking about making money here, gentlemen. It's no? the uh, the the Damien Slade uh, variety <laughs> hour. Uh, we're talking about making art here. Maybe you're Squeeze talking that about kid money. for every dime he's worth. I two dollars. Yeah. No, no, way more than that. Oh. Come on. Sad. That'll be his catchphrase. Oh. Good night, folks. Two dollars. I did. I did get one. Uh, I, I I got a, a spark of an idea, John, when when you uh, started describing yours, uh, and that would be the Santa Carla Beach Party. It would be also a Lost Boys pre- uh, prequel <laughs> that would be set in the sixties. Santa Clara. Yeah. Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Santa no, Clara. No, no, no. no. It's it, Santa Carla. It is Santa Carla. And the, lo- and the Lost Boys. That's what I always hated Santa about Carla. Santa Carla. Yeah. All those damn vampires. God damn it. Um, yeah, no, because I think Santa Clara right. is a real yeah. place. Um, yes. You're right. I'm wrong. I, you, hey, hey. Like Jerry Urbach says, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'll, I don't know what it was that made me think that, but I was like, wouldn't it be funny if you had like a beach movie where it's the vampires who yeah. are trying to, you know, and maybe that's where you, you have those with the Edward Herman character from The Lost Boys. Uh, right. Yeah. Although I guess he wouldn't be younger. It would be the same. No, it would be the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. I think we've done it, folks. Have we? we have uh, made a dent, I feel. Yeah. You, the listener, if you have any thoughts about Back to the Beach, hit us up, ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com and on our socials. Uh, Ray, do you have anything that you want to mention? Uh, a TV show you like? Something that's going on in your world that what you, you want to tell us? To, tell us about. Tell, to, us, tell let us know about. Yeah. All right. Sure. Why not? I have nothing. No. Um. This was a lot of fun, guys, and I. Uh, I hope I didn't embarrass myself or you guys uh, in our uh, spirited discussion. Your audition's been going okay. I'm not. No. Gonna, well, you know. You know what? From when I used to be an actor, that's some of the best feedback <laughs> I've ever gotten. Thank we'll, you very much. We'll yeah. let you know. We'll, we'll let you. Yeah. Know. I bet you will. We'll call. I bet you will. We'll call your representation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Call my people. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, things are things are going very well down here in Austin, Texas. Very happy uh, with everything that's happening outside outside of the whole, you know, raging pandemic that's happening down here with no real responsibility. Um, you know, we're, we're we're living our good life here. Uh, Christine's got a wonderful job at the historic Paramount Theater. Yes. Uh, so please, uh, um, you know, patronize that if you're in Austin. And uh, I'm working at a wonderful place called the Campus on Lake Austin. That is a facility that supports uh, and uh, services groups for the Holdsworth Center, which is a nonprofit that strengthens uh, Texas public educators uh, here in the state of Texas. And so uh, we manage the groups for them and also bring in some third party events that help fund their mission so any questions about that that you have uh, you can go to holdsworthcenter.org or you can visit our campus at campusonlakeaustin.com uh, it's a beautiful campus uh, and also we we do weddings we do corporate retreats um, but primarily we're there to to service and support the holdsworth center well ray i have some bad news for you uh-huh. if anybody's listened this far into a podcast about back to the beach they don't care about education <laughs> what? I, Come on now. I oh. beg to I'm differ. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, if they care about the arts, which no, I, I, obviously if they're listening to this, they do. No, I, uh, no. Look, I'm glad that you uh, you mentioned that stuff. And I hope that people do check it out. 
yeah it's a great it's a great mission and uh i know obviously you you have listeners that are not all located here in texas but it's a it's finally nice to be able to be doing something that supports a, a good cause and not just an owner's bottom line so yeah totally yeah hey no, uh, absolutely right i just want you to guess what we're gonna do on our next episode oh, i'll geez. give you a thousand guesses you'll never get it never oh my god well it's obviously not gonna be real genius or one crazy summer or karate kid you, know, you, maybe, you would know, have been notified. You know. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, 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 uh, why waste the time? Just let me have it. Do it, Dan. We are going to be taking a look, both of us, by the way, both John and I, for the very first time at uh, 2008's action thriller starring Nicolas Cage, Bangkok Dangerous. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> why? You know what? Okay. On Why our not? last episode, Why not? on our last episode, we we looked at a, a true classic. On this episode, uh, last episode of Trouble Without a Cause, it hasn't come out yeah. by the time that we're recording this. You know, whatever. yes, yes, I know. I uh, listened to, to Scarface today. Right. We, so we did Scarface, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, you know, Back to the Beach, which is a classic for for at least me and Dan. It's a classic. And then we were just like, you know what? Hard left turn. I mean, off a cliff, our left turn. Well, yeah, but probably is, landing safely, though. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? This is a a movie that I feel like is is talked about purely in jest, and I feel like it's time for us to explore. Was it. this was this one of the many Nicolas Cage uh, uh, IO taxes movie? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think this was a little bit higher profile. Okay. It, it's okay. hard to tell when those... I remember hearing the title. I know nothing about it. It's hard to know when those stopped and when the Nicolas Cage just wants to have fun doing Nicolas Cage things. Uh, yes. Which I haven't seen Pig yet, but I'm intrigued by it. And really hey, filmed largely it. here in Portland. So right. check it out. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, so we're, we're doing Bangkok Dangerous. So I'm excited. I think it's our it's our first Nicolas Cage star. Um, and very excited to dig into dig into this. It's a remake of a uh, 1999 Thai film also yeah. called Bangkok Dangerous, uh, remade by the same filmmakers, the uh, Pong Brothers. Gotcha. Well, Dan, Ray, as you both compete on the humonga cowabunga from down under, I wish you both good Wait, journeys. Hold on. Instead of competing on that, can I, as I as I ride off into space on my handlebarred <laughs> <Yeah>. surfboard? <laughs> uh, one one more little thing to cut in here before you say. Not only does he say sing bird is the word, but he just cuts in with random surf expressions. Yeah. <laughs> like tubular. Hang radical, nine. Like, hang ten. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Good journey, guys. Good journey. <laughs> If everybody had a 12 gauge and a surfboard too, see him shooting and surfing, hear them bell up because it's totally pitching, riding waves to blast the pigeons, and it's so neat shooting ski while you're riding out the heavies all day. Teacher, we're shooting. We're never 
Thank you. 